Okay, welcome to episode 10 of Aaron Calling. Oof! We have done it. We've reached the, the tens. What? I, do, I don't know what that... We... <laughs> That's awful. This is... We have now become your home for hard-hitting musical journalism. <laughs> where we answer the hard questions like, where is Martika? <laughs> <laughs> and was she actually a toy soldier? You decide. You decide. We uh, we do have some big news, though. We have some housekeeping news, which is that we're officially on Spotify now. Holy snapdragons. It's true. The machine has let us in. Yep. I listened, finally, to uh, our first episode, and we sound like babies. No, babies. Thankfully, no. Spotify doesn't pay for songwriters, so I don't have to go my Spotify rant why you should change from Spotify to iTunes and Apple Music. I'll just save that for another episode. But, right. But right. we're still on there because yep. uh, they can't pay us any less it's than true. what... Well, I'm sure there's other podcasters that are paid, but... right. Those We're aren't us. <laughs> <laughs> Until the government sets a rate that they disagree with, we will be correct. We'll be on Spotify. When they tell me I'm not being paid enough, I will get off Spotify quickly. <laughs> Doggone it. <laughs> Doggone that's it. That's what everybody done. says, and they're all still there, but that's okay. Right. I, I will freely admit I'm still there. So there it's cool. I know. I made the move to Apple Music, and I actually... I have Spotify, but yeah. So just I'm pay gonna... your songwriters right, and I'll come back. It's really that correct. Easy. It's not complicated. Correct. Um, Rant over. Rant over. <laughs> the uh, that being said, though, I am glad that we are on there because I don't really know how to do it, but it seems to be uh, populating in there as it should. So that that feels that feels like an accomplishment for us. Yes, two and guys. I will I will get off my boo honkus and make uh, some playlists here. That's right. Directly now that we are official. Awesome. Yeah. So we uh, we were talking about how we didn't um, post an episode last week, which um, that just is what it is. But so that means right. this week we've got quite a lot of catching up to do on um, what we've bought, mm. and um, and then we thought we'd talk a little record store day, maybe yeah. about what we're thinking about, if anything, getting, and uh, maybe where we'll be, um, all that stuff. Just what our record store day plans are, because that's friday black friday so yes um so yeah it's gonna be a it's gonna be jam-packed episode boom um goes the dynamite <laughs> why don't uh boom goes the dynamite <laughs> i could tell you have a a young one in your house <laughs> right right he is um, he is dynamite all right dynamite dynamite um Actually, this I saw um, Shake It Records, a store like in Cincinnati, posted. Yeah. Did you see that today? They posted the Eddie Murphy doing um, James Brown with a hot tub. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes, I did. Yes. <laughs> Should I get in? Will I get wet? Will I get wet? <laughs> Jump back, kiss great. myself. <laughs> yes, it's so good. Um, you want to start on uh, on your poichuses? Sure. Huh. Um, yeah, I think... Uh, Neither of us know what we're gonna what we're what we're diving into here. We're uh, right. flying blind this week. That's right. You get the free jazz version of oh, the... <laughs> which is pretty. It's pretty close to the not free jazz version of this. Ooh, speaking of, real quick, and I'll then I'll let you go. Emily no, and I watched go. a documentary last night called The Jazz Loft, and it's on. Okay. I think we watched it on Amazon. So if you have Amazon Prime, you can watch it free on there. Yep. But um. 
it's a really cool like if you're into photography and jazz um mm-hmm. it's a great little like hour and a half documentary about a photographer named w eugene smith that had a uh like a rundown loft in New York, um, in the flower district in mm-hmm. the 50s, I think. And he would just have these jam sessions. And he was sort of like a, he was pretty much like a hoarder. But he um, he was also like, he recorded everything. He just had tape recorders all around. So he would oh, just wow. record all these great sessions. So it's kind of a cool, it's a cool look into both photography and kind of jazz and sort of New York in that time period. It's, it's good. If you have an hour and a half, I suggest looking it up. So nice. Just thought I love it. it. Yeah. Um, in another piece of housekeeping, cause you yeah. just thought about that. I remembered today that a couple, maybe two, three episodes ago, we went through some books and such that we like music books and things that we That's were right. like, people should read this kind of stuff, whatever. I think there were specifically jazz books, but I thought about another one that was like top of the heap, um, that I got some in some weird roundabout way, uh, long ago, I think on tour, but it was, uh, collection of essays by chuck klosterman oh uh, yeah chuck klosterman four is the name of it yeah <laughs> because of led zeppelin four and yep. uh it is amazing if any it, it is now dated somewhat um because of you know what he's talking about like wilco and yep. like ghost is born era that kind of thing but um it's really great uh, just because Klosterman is a great writer and funny and hilarious, and yeah, also his, his books are always great. It's just good. So if you like music, you like reading, you should check it out. There it goes. Now on to things that cost money. Um, <laughs> so I got, I walked into a store and had that. Uh, I know you've had this moment um, where you like remember something in like the weird Rolodex that is your musical brain, like mm-hmm. maybe from childhood or whatever. And you're like, man, I wonder if they, I wonder if anybody would ever have that on vinyl. And mm-hmm. then like four and a half seconds later, you like, boom, it, it's just there. And it's like $3 because nobody in the world would want that but you. <laughs> and that was it. I did Oof. that. Um, I actually did it twice. Two records popped out. Uh, one was Dream So Real. Uh, it's this record called Rough Night in Jericho, which was huh. also the first single off that record. I'm not completely sure what any band from Athens, Georgia knows about Jericho, but yeah, they apparently did. Um, uh, they were famously featured in, uh, what was that? What's the movie? Uh, the Athens movie. I can't remember. I just blanked on the name. Party Out of Bounds? No, that's Maybe it's the Athens Inside Out. Yeah, that's the that's one. Yeah. Athens, Georgia Inside Out. Um, but they are featured in there because their first record, which I think is called like Father's House, um, which it didn't hit me until many years later. I was like, there's a lot of like very spiritual overtones and references in their work that like yeah. weren't apparent in, in the moment. But as an older guy, I'm like, Oh, I get, I get what you're talking about. Um, but Peter Buck uh, produced their first record before they got signed. This was their first major label release. It was on Arista. They put out one more record and then split up. But uh, 12-year-old me uh, heard it um, on like College Station in South Georgia and was like, whoa it was like just at that moment of like discovering music that is like yours and not mom and dad's or like yeah 
other stuff you're exposed to. So it's always had a special place. I thought it was like one of those records that like you would hear 10, like 10 years later, 20 years later and be like, Oh my God, I can't believe I listened to that, but it still holds up. Cool. And it was $3. So there you go. And it's dreams. So real, right? Dreams. So real. Yes. Is it like jangly Athensy kind of stuff or I'm not. Familiar uh, with yes. Uh, the first record father's house is, is like very like, dreamy lots of chorus on the guitar uh sort of sort of leaning into like echo and the bunny men ish territory yeah um but not as well uh conceived as a thing much janglier this record is more straight ahead like they were definitely trying to like quote unquote make it i feel like with this one like it was like we're trying to do a thing um but the songwriting is great uh it still sounds it sounds good in that weird eighties way. Yeah. It came out in like eighty six, eighty seven. Yeah, I'll have to check um, it out. But it's good. Uh they I don't I f- there were copies like online for like twelve bucks and I was like, Are you kidding? Yeah. And then this one pops out of the bin. So there you go. Um also there's another one, another three dollar jam, the other record from my youth. It's called The Truth is the name of this band. They were like a British band who I think had a record before this one, which was called Weapons of Love. <laughs> hmm. um, it was featured. I don't know. You may. This may be a stretch, but there was a movie featuring Kyle MacLachlan in okay. his younger days called The Hidden. Have you ever seen this movie? I have not. So they were there. One brush with like actual stardom was the fact that they use like four of the songs off this record in that movie. Oh, cool. Um, but it like the single was the title track. It got a lot of play on MTV, whatever. Um, it's not, it's kind of like a lot of bands in like from like 85 to 89 that were like skirting the line of ripping off everything you two did. Yep. Sort of like that, <clears throat> but with a healthy dose of like, we're older than you two. So we kind of know, yeah. We know where they were coming from better than they do. Um, again, it's just good, like, pop, like, super overproduced, like, pop jams from my youth that are good. Nice. Um, another three bucks. So, again, I was like, yeah, I'll take that. Um, I got another Freddie Hubbard record, uh, which is... <laughs> The, the amassed collection of Freddie Herb- Hubbard, like <laughs> 1970s records, is getting a little crazy. But huh. this one's called uh, First Light. <clears throat> Sorry. And it comes right between Red Clay, which is his first for uh, CTI records, uh, and Straight Life, which is his third. So this was the second of like this weird loose trilogy. It's basically the same band as like Ron Carter. Herbie Hancock is in the band. Um, I think he's uncredited on this record because I think there was some contractual thing that he couldn't be. Yep. Um, this one has uh, way more string arrangements than the others. Um, so it, it has this weird, like the, the other two are kind of like straight ahead, like soul jazz kind of things. Um, this one is, is like that, but it has this lush string thing going on, which was a CTI 
sort of staple. <clears throat> wow, I've got a thing in my throat. I'm going to drink some tea. Here I go. Take a sip, go. old man. Take a sip. Good Lord. Man, you um, didn't hear Casey Kasem coughing like that on his podcast. That's right. But you hear him, you hear him swearing about <laughs> dogs. Um, um, so, yeah, it's still, it's like super, super awesome. Um, all those records are chock full of things that you have heard in various hip hop records. And uh, I mean, Ron Carter is worth it. Just yeah. for, I mean, he's ridiculous. So that's really good. Um, what else? Uh, oh, uh, Hugh Masakela's record, continuing my uh, African uh, infused yes. rabbit hole. Um, it's it's called Introducing Hezdala Sounds. I'm I'm sure I'm butchering, butchering the it. word right. Hezdala, but um, this is like. I thought this was like an early Hugh Masekela record originally because I was looking up, as you do when you go down these rabbit holes, you look up like what's a consensus like gotta have record kind of thing. Yep. This was on the list. I thought it was like an earlier record, uh, but it was actually like Hugh Masekela's like 15th record or something ridiculous because he put out like 2,000 albums. Yeah. Um, but Hezdala Sounds is a group from... I believe they were f- from Nigeria and he was introduced to them via uh, Fela Kuti when he was, um, when they were kind of together and, and doing things and kind of sharing ideas and whatnot. And so he, they were well known in their sphere and in the UK, but not so much here. And so Hugh being the guy that he is, put them on a record and basically they play like one Hugh Masekela song that was like a new original and the rest are like traditional songs that Hezdala Sounds had been doing uh, prior that they just kind of like jazz up and go crazy on. Um, It kind of winds up sounding like sort of like if you took Bitches Brew and put it in like afro pop context like it gets weird it gets really weird like lots of delay on the trumpet and like just lots of freak outs but it's really really great and its cover is really cool yeah (laughs) it's really great i think i saw you post that one right yeah 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 Yeah, that looks great it's another one i found it was like 20 bucks or something but it was like Everywhere else, it was like sixty. So, yeah. nice. It's one of those like, yeah. He is. Cool. Uh, he's on my rabbit hole list to 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 plunge down at some point. Yeah, there's there's plenty to plunge on for sure because he's got like a bazillion albums. It's crazy. Apparently, there's some new box set that came out too. It's like some ridiculous amount of albums, but it's uh, it covers like. I think this record is in there, but it covers like this huge, like 20 year span. So there's, there's always that. (laughs) Um, Cause you have all the room for a 20 album set. Uh, (laughs) Also in that uh, vein, there was this uh, comp from uh, Soundway 
Records uh, called Goomba Fire. <laughs> uh, it is its uh, other title is Bubblegum Soul and Synth Boogie in '80s South Africa. Wow! And okay. uh, it is amazing. It I is bet. really, really good. It's like everything you ever wanted your '80s synth boogie to be. <laughs> Wait, what's it called again? <laughs> With bubblegum. Uh, uh, bubblegum pop. No, bubblegum soul and synth boogie in huh. '80s South Africa. And the, what's the the name of it? Like the Goomba Fire. It's it's like gumbo but with an A at the end. Weird. Huh. Yeah, which I think means in South African dialect is Goomba is hot. I think so. It's like it's like the word that got. Oh, I found it. That. Yeah, yeah, I'm that kind of music. Oh, that was cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, that's a goodie. It's like crazy keyboards and like lots of like drum machines and like, it's just, it's, it's really weird, but yeah, so good. So good. So catchy. Um, and then everything else is like, I think you and I kind of did a little bit of this. Uh, I walked in on the day that the $3 records hit me a bunch of, uh, 12 inch singles, yeah. Uh, also in the bins. Um, so I got a couple of uh, I got th- three Madonna singles: "Borderline," "Express Yourself," and "Like a Virgin." Oh, "Express Yourself." That's a move. Yeah. That's a keeper. That's a goodie. Yeah. And then uh, also the one that I sent you, uh, "Technotronic," featuring Felly. That's right. Pump up the jam. That's right. I think um, I have that, but. I went to a I went to a sale and I think I bought the LP and I bought this the twelve inch single nice. and I think I kept the single and sold the LP because it it was going right. for a pretty decent price and I was like this is the only song I <laughs> <laughs> right uh, right like, sold, sold pretty well pretty quickly so I was like oh sweet so but, yeah, yeah it's great. and if I mean the Madonna stuff is like I have all like I have all those records but the cool thing is all those singles have a different version yeah. of all those songs. Like even the like a side version is like, it's not the record. It's not the album version. Like she was so immersed in that like club culture world that like, Oh man. Yeah. Those 12 inches were like, those were, that was what you would hear when you went to the club. You wouldn't oh, hear yeah. the album version. So, nope. And so when they put out Immacu- the immaculate collection, that was like, all of those weird versions so like for the longest time like all anybody knew were the weird version like the album version sounded like the weird version yeah (laughs) because nobody knew what they were but they're all they're all cool they all got sometimes they've got you know weird uh b-sides but usually like the b-side is like some weird dub version of love the dub versions It's, it's so good so good um so if i ever see any of those early ones i'll usually snap them up because they're not they're not crazy expensive ever because yeah. they pressed eight billion of them so sure, yeah when you find them it, it look it literally looked like somebody like came in there were like three or four more there um yep. and it looked like somebody just came in with like this load of madonna singles and was like yeah i'm out of my madonna phase <laughs> um and then finally uh queens of the stone age uh, have begun to reissue right. their, I guess you'd say, early catalog and on vinyl. Um, and Songs for the Deaf just came out this last 
Friday. Um, and I got, I pre-ordered mine and, nice. uh, it came and it is wonderful. <laughs> it is so, great. We saw them on that tour, right? We did. And, yeah. and we saw the band that I would play in yeah, <laughs> like 10 show. years later. Dead. Yeah. Open, open for them. Yeah. Yes. Peaches, Trail of Dead and Queen of Stone Age. Yes. And it was really good. It was a so, good show. I had the original i had the first pressing of that record and had to let it go several years ago when it looked like no one was ever going to repress anything and people were paying stupid money for it and um but i still have my t-shirt from the show so nice uh, did you buy the vinyl there no i didn't okay um i I can't really recall where i got it but um but yeah i picked it up and um it was probably like when I was in Cincinnati one time or something. It was probably like everybody's right. or something, and I picked it up there. And um, yeah, and of course I had the CD version out, so I wore the CD version out. And then, yep. Um, but yeah, so I um, I was excited to see that one getting reissued, though. It's a it's. So here's another funny story: is Emily was watching MTV Classic the other night, like on yeah. or whatever, and um, they showed the video, the main single from that. Um, oh yeah, no one or yeah. Yeah, no one knows. Brank, yeah. Brank, brank, whatever. And yeah. uh, it's just basically like a deer driving a car and running over people. And <laughs> like Cash and Hayden were like, what is this? They were like, you guys just sat around and watched this? <laughs> we were like, yeah, it was like our YouTube. You know what I mean? Like, right. They were like, this video is so bad. And I was like, well, you yes. know, if you didn't have a lot of money, you know, you just you just made the videos like you could. And even if you did have a lot of money, they may still turn out looking bad. So, Right. And that was the thing is like, like, I remember, I mean, I'm probably more, honestly, more excited about some of their other records that are being reissued than even that one, even though yeah. I love that record. Um, it's it over time has become not my my like super favorite of theirs. Um, yeah. But like it, it was like of such a moment in time, like you could not escape that song. Like know, you couldn't that escape crazy? that record, really. Honestly, like, because by the time they put out like "Go with the Flow," it was just like, oh my good lord, how long has this record been like going through yep. the cycle? Yep. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. So, if you ever get a chance and you find a good, affordable version of their album "Light Clockwork" that came out in 2013, um, yep. I would suggest picking it up because it's, it's. I got it. One. Oh, good. good, good, good. <laughs> yes. I got their Villains record too, the one, the last one, and I just did not enjoy that one that much at all but um, yeah but yeah i have r um and like clockwork and and i'll probably end up getting the songs for the deaf reissue which is dumb since i sold the other one but that's the way it goes right i mean my favorite honestly weird as it is my favorite has become uh what's the weird one era vulgaris oh the yeah that like, is weird I, I i don't know why but like there's there's something about that record that is i'm like man this record is the jam and it's like the one that i go back to the most although when my clockwork came out i wore that thing out like yep. it was it was it's super good but anyways that is the list that's it that's the list i um that's a good one yeah thanks man i I'm trying to figure out where to start with mine. I don't know that I told you this or not, but um, I purchased the Starfire 59 Gold reissue. Oh, my goodness. 
Where can I ask where where is it? <laughs> Who's making uh, it? Was it? On tooth, it was on Tooth and Nail site. Um, okay. It's a whole debacle. Like, um, I'm going to just say something that I really wish no one else knew about me, but I'm just going to. I know other people that are Do also it. in it, so I'm not going to complain. But there's a Starfire 59 Facebook group that I'm a member of. Yep. <laughs> nice. And they've been counting down the announcement of this reissue. Like, I, I, I got in the group after his last record came out because I really, really loved that last record. Yeah. And, um, and all they've been talking about is this gold reissue. So um, our mutual friend, uh, Josh Walker, and I yep. uh, were keeping tabs on it. So Josh was, like, texting me, like, because when his last album came out, Josh was able to get a copy in Grimey's. So I was able to go to Grimey's and pick it up, which was great. But they weren't putting these out in stores. So there's two versions. They're both double... Uh, it's a double LP, 45 RPM um, a release. One's black, one's gold. So that makes sense. Right. But I, so I pre-ordered the gold one. The thing is, is like they use this company called Merch now to ship and fulfill. And they just did a horrible job. And like, even the, like, basically it was either done by like Tooth and Nail or like their parent company. Cause they're not t- solely independent anymore. Right. Um, and they may be owned by like capital or UMG or something like that. So man, people's records came and broken like this, like a lot of them, the, the covers weren't even glued together properly. Luckily mine came fine. Um, and I know I talked to Josh and he said his, he needed that to glue a corner back, but it, you know, it, it turned out fine. But, um, yeah. and I'm always a little worried when I order colored vinyl, but, Sure, um, but it sounds great. Um, is it still is it, it still available? I mean, it's I not think like there's still black versions available. Yeah. Okay, I think so. I could, and it was I on looked, Tooth and Nails website. Right, I looked and like couldn't like one day I gave a perusal after I think seeing like two or three people post about it. I was like, oh man, that'd be really cool to have. But then yeah. I was like, where is this thing? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think all told though, like with shipping and everything, it was between thirty and forty bucks, so it wasn't cheap. Right. Um, but I'm finding that I just don't really find cheap records anymore. It's just like the bane of my existence, but such is life. But um, right. I found, let's see. Oh, and I sent you a text, but I got um, Jawbox for your own special sweethearts, um, the reissue. Um, and I mean, why not? Like, it's it such is, a great record. It is so good. Uh, so, this is the. So- DeSoto Dis- Discord uh, reissue. Just the black version, but um, I don't need anything fancy when it comes to this because I'm going to play the junk out of it. So. Right. I think they, <laughs> yeah, they when they sold out of that, they repressed it because they just went back out on tour. Yep. Um, Stacey and I went and saw them <clears throat> in D.C. and it was as though they had never, literally as though they had never stopped. Like it, yep. was, it was real, real yep. good. Yep. Um, they... So Discord repressed it on like clear vinyl for the second right. Puzzle. Okay, so, gotcha. That's I why found I was asking. The, um, <laughs> I just found I found a yeah I found it while I was DJing one night at, um, at Vinyl Tap. There was a used version, so I picked it up pretty great. quickly. It's great, it's awesome. Yeah. Um, and then I got the bands, the band reissue. Yes. Um, the 50th anniversary. Um. And they actually, I realized after I bought this one, this is just black vinyl. They released like a coffee brown version or something. Yeah. Maybe marbly type or whatever. Yeah. Um, I did not get that copy. This is just the regular old normal black right. copy or whatever. Um, 
totally remixed and remastered, and it sounds great. I'm I am pleased with it. So yeah, I tell realized, me about the remix on that guy. Like, is it just is it, it reminds astoundingly me the, different? Uh, um, I mean. I don't know because I've listened to so many different versions. So let me explain right. to you how many different versions it's had. I have right. like a CD version, which there's no yep. telling what kind of duplication method was made in that. And right. I've had multiple CD versions of it. I've, yeah. I have a four track reel to reel version of it. Um, yeah. That sounds great. And yeah. I also have the LP. But the thing is, is like, and I was thinking about this after I bought this and listened to it because it sounds super clean. It's 45 RPM double LP. So it just has a little bit more room to breathe than the right. regular. And it reminds me a lot of like the Beatles records where there's you, you it's like the bass is punchier. Um, yeah. It just feels like I, I know I keep kind of keep going back to this, but it just feels like the space is there that you need to sure. hear everything feels like it's a little bit more in your face in a good way and yep. um you know and we've talked about this before i think at least you and i like through text messages it's like you can go find like an original pressing of this but like you know it's 33 you know potentially 33 are you know all the songs are crammed onto one disc do you know what i mean like right. um or you find a version that's like 10 pressings down the road you don't even know what that one right is you know so Compared to all the other ones I have, this one is the best sounding. Now, I will say that they also re released this as like a bigger box set. It was like 125, yeah. I think. And I'm almost kind of bummed I didn't get that because it kind of came with some CD versions. And I think it had a live show in it. And yeah. uh, and it's got the 5.1 CD mix in there. And I know people probably think I'm crazy, but... I think years down the road, we're going to see all these 5.1 mix CDs like really go up in value because there just won't be available. You know what I mean? And I don't right. know that streaming will ever be able to compensate for that. You know, we're basically, you know, if nobody knows what I'm talking about, like you can put it on a surround sound system and they've mixed it. So it's in different channels. You know what I mean? Yep. So you can hear different things in different, different areas. And um, it's I'm like almost, you're being there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm almost, I'm almost a little bummed that, you know, I'm like, oh, maybe I should have held out for that. But, um, but I mean, I paid like thirty bucks for this, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy. So, right. Um, I just love the record so much. I'm gonna listen to it like crazy. So, is that your? Would you say that's your favorite uh, record of theirs? Uh, you want to know what my favorite band record is? What is it? It's not a record. It's they. There is a live show that circulated around online. I think mm -hmm. they're in Boston, and it's like a bootleg and like it's spawn. It was a radio show, so it was like yeah. when radio would do concerts, and it's sponsored by Ampex, like the cassette tapes or whatever. Yeah. And um, it's just a burner. It's like the best live show. It like it makes it makes all. It kind of puts all their albums to shame, which. Yeah, I think a good band normally does, yeah. but um, that like that one's sort of like, and I know it's sort of a cop out answer, but I think that that's that might be it. You know what I mean? Like, for, and then right. everything else, I'm sort of like a singles guy when it comes to the band. Like, there's certain yeah. songs that I just absolutely worship, and then uh, and then it kind of trails off. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. <laughs> so. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't really answer your question there, but 
No, I was just, I just wondered because I knew that you had multiple versions of the Brown. We'll call it the Brown album. The Brown, uh, the Brown album. Uh, so I, I just didn't know if you had those because like that's the one, and you like you're like man, I want to hear all the permutations I can hear of like this thing because it's the one. You know, the one. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean. Oh, it's hard because every album has a genius song on it. So you can't right. be like, well, I don't like music from Big Pink or whatever. You know what I mean? And like, right. Because you just sound like a jerk. But like, I've really gotten to love recently, like Moondog Matinee and Northern Lights, Southern Cross. Um, yeah. Because there's just a couple real funky, um, good DJ songs on there. Um, right. But yeah, I don't know. I guess when I saw it come out, I was like, well, that seems kind of silly. But then. When I actually saw it, I was like, yeah, I'm just going to get it. So maybe maybe you're right. Maybe in, it's ingrained in me somehow that it is that way. So. I think I'll... Uh, um, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm trying to... I'll, I'll answer my question to myself later. It's hard. <laughs> it's a hard answer. I think I'm a big pink guy. I, that's fair. That's fair. That's probably my first... That's always kind of been my first one. I think there's a thing about... And I know I'm totally I'm veering us off wildly. No, here, you're fine. Uh, there's a thing about the Brown album, if we will, the self-titled guy that, like, I feel is like more. It's like they they tr- it was like they were trying to do a thing. Yeah. Whereas Big Pink to me, this is completely personally subjective. Well, Big Pink thing. to me sounds like. They got in a room with these songs. They played them a few times and said, "Let's let's record this thing," yeah. and they just did it. Whereas, like the Brown album, it has a feel. You know, that picture on the front has a feel. Like the whole yeah. thing is like we're going for this nostalgic thing. Like yeah. we're really reaching for it. And Big Pink just sounds like really what it is, which is like an extension of like the Basement Tapes kind of kind of vibe you know like yeah the so brown album's like the first hipster americana album ever right <laughs> right right exactly it's like this dude's in a cabin making yeah. jams you know yeah. wearing pea coats and it's yeah. like yeah like and i under like i i love it you know there are songs in there i'm like still just like floored by every time i hear but like if i listen if i'm gonna listen to a record all the way through big pink i could put on and be like I can even listen to my CD that has, you know, all the alternate takes at the end of it and just yeah. let them, I'll just let them all run through. Like, yep, that's good. Yeah. I can hear it all, you know, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> I mean, I'm with you. I, to, to try to argue against Big Pink is like crazy. So I, uh, right. I don't have any argument against it. I just, I've really come to where I think my music appreciation of them were as a live band that I would never, ever, ever had a chance to see. And so right. anyone that got to see them really saw something special. And, uh, right. and that's just, that just had to be great. So, yeah. And then also if I'm, if, if, if there's a close number two, it's gotta be, uh, what's the, what's, is it across the great divide? The live record? What's that live? Oh record? no. Um, you're thinking of, um, Oh, you're thinking of Rock of Ages. Rock of Ages, yes, yeah. that one. Like those are like those two actually. Big Pink and that one. Those are like my Rock of Ages is okay. It's a little stale for me for a live record. Like you, right. it just doesn't feel that live, and that's fine. Um, 
but I, I am Fair enough. and I play it. I play it. Right. I play it. Right. Of course. Um, <laughs> so I did this thing the other day where uh, I was just scanning. I was sort of brain dead at night. So I was just scanning eBay auctions. <laughs> this is mm. sick. But sometimes I'll just scan like like vinyl LP lots. You know what I mean? And just right. like look to see the ones that are about to expire and just see if there's any that are like a stupid price, you know? Right. And uh, so I found this one. I think it was uh, 15. It was either 15 or 18 albums. I can't remember. And uh, and I was looking through it and I was like, wait a minute. And uh, there, Lucinda Williams self-titled LP was in there. The Rough Trade version from 1988. So, oh, wow. And it was only at like $5 or something. So I was like, ooh. <laughs> So I just put in like a $20 bid and it'll just, it'll just, you know, it automatically gives you like the next up bid and then it'll right. bid for you. And cause it's like a $40 LP and yeah. there was one other bid on there and the person who originally bid never bid again. So I won for like, so with shipping, it was like uh, $13 or something, I think. Wow. So I got all these records with Lucinda's in there and I'll be honest with you, my first selfish instinct was, well, I'm just going to flip this Lucinda record. You know what I mean? Like, I'll right. sell it for 40 and then right. I made some money to go buy something else until I started playing it and changed <laughs> the locks. <laughs> it's track six on side A. And I was like, oh, Emily and I were listening to it. And I was like, oh, I have to keep this now because yep. Tom Petty has got me so obsessed with that song, Change the Locks, <laughs> that I was like, well, I have to keep this. So, so that's what go. I did. There you go. But what else there, was in the lot? Anything oh, good? man, it was goofy. Uh, <laughs> no, a bunch of random stuff, but like Alabama's greatest hits. But here's the yeah. thing. People pay like 10 or 12 bucks for that. So I've got it up. I'm like selling it for, I think like everyone's got it for like 20 right now. So I think I'm selling mine for like 15 or something and you could like make right. an offer on it. So like, right. and then Randy, uh, um, uh, what's his name? Um, you know, the singer-songwriter, Randy... Travis? A... No, not Travis. Um... <laughs> Man, why am I... Randy Quaid? Name? No. <laughs> Randy Newman. Oh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> His Sail Away, it was Sail Away was in there. Nice. And then it was, like, the ultimate of, like, pedestrian stuff, like, things... Right. Think, you know, like Linda Ronstadt's greatest hits, which I already have, um, and a couple other things. So I basically just took, I, I pulled, I kept the Lucinda, I pulled the couple out that I figured I could sell. Oh, there were two Emmy Lou Harris records in there that I'm holding for a friend in case he wants them um, Blue right. Kentucky Girl and um, Luxury Liner. And nice. then there was like, and then everything else was just weirdo, like, you know, dollar records, basically, one, two dollar records. So, I just put all those in my bag and took them to uh, the record store this weekend near me. Got some credit for those, and then just went down a crazy rabbit hole <laughs> of, of gospel records. Yeah. So I'll set this up in the quickest way possible. But there's this DJ that I've stumbled on, and his name is Greg Belson, B-E-L-S-O-N, uh -huh. and he is. Um, I think he lives in LA, but I think he's from UK and okay. um, just based on his accent because he has a radio show. 
but he's like a dj and he's like a club dj but his club sets are like gospel disco funky soul stuff but they're all gospel related nice and i've been listening to his shows and i'm like this is like the most amazing thing ever you know what i mean it's like right they're all these like classic uh like you know gospel songs but you could dance to them you know and like they've just got that like sam cook you know really great sort of classic vibe to them so i've been listening to that for about two weeks just nonstop. and then i walked into the great escape store next to me yesterday and they had five i mean it no one will know who this but it's like the fabulous luckett brothers yeah. album called judgment day yeah. um the sensational <laughs> williams brothers mama prayed for me yes she uh, did Tommy Ellison and the five singing stars of Brooklyn come home. <laughs> they have the greatest uh, names. I know. Archie Dale and the Tones of Joy testify for Jesus. Yep. And Willie Banks and the Messengers, the things I can't change. And this has gotten me down this whole rabbit hole of like gospel labels. So a lot of these were HSC records, um, which I've been doing research on. That ended up in Nashville, which is kind of crazy, like just right off Church Street. And then um, Nashboro Records, which is kind of a common one. Um, And so I bought all those and just listened to them all day long yesterday. And I was like, these are so great. And then I swung by a Goodwill today and found um, Reverend Clay Evans and the Fellowship Missionary Baptist Church Choir, Best from the Ship, (laughs) (laughs) Uh. on Jewel Records out of Shreveport. And then I found a great copy of... uh, it, it it's called the Brooklyn All Stars. Jesus loves me, and uh, it's on Nashboro Records. And what's great is I found the cover, and I was like, yes, because that's exactly what I was looking, thinking. I was like, man, wouldn't it be great if I could find some of these? And then there was no record inside, and I was like, oh man. But I kept the cover with me just in case. And there was a huge stack of records without covers, and I found the LP in there, oh. and brought it home, cleaned it up, and it plays great. So. Nice. The only thing is, is and Emily and I are trying to figure it out. Her theory, I think, is the best. But there's a big X drawn on the front cover, and it says Sheila E. Someone wrote Sheila E. on it. So we're thinking maybe somebody <laughs> subbed in their Sheila E. album <laughs> <laughs> instead of the Brooklyn yep. All-Stars. But yep. um, I just, I mean, I've always, I always had a soft spot for, like, Motown and soul stuff and all that. And I love playing it in my DJ sets and... I don't know right. that these are necessarily, uh, you know, I got to spend more time with them before I determine if I'm going to squeeze any of those in there. But um, I'd love to eventually just kind of put together like a really cool like mix of just all this like kind of great upbeat kind of, you know, just dancing soul based gospel music. I mean, I it's hard to explain how great this stuff is. I'm going to put a link in the podcast like show notes i guess is what people say and right. uh to the the dj the greg belson guy because he oh, nice. released uh he had a three-hour show um where he played like he celebrated the release of it and he did like three hours with friends of like just oh. like gospel stuff and it's so good you can stream it on awesome. Mixcloud, but That's he awesome compiled for um david burns label mm-hmm. um how do you pronounce that is it luka bop or l-u-a-k-a bop luka bop that's how i Luka bop yeah bop i don't know yeah but he just last year he he compiled 
um, his 45s into a compilation called World Spirituality Classics 2, The Time for Peace is Now, Gospel yep. Music About Us. Woof. Yeah, and, of, uh, and I have not bought that, but, um, but it's, it's great. You can stream that to kind of hear. It's a little more laid back than like his DJ sets are. But um, he's got a show called Divine Discotheque, and like I don't know, I just I can't I can't rave enough about how cool it would be to see a guy go into a club and there's a guy playing these forty fives of these old <laughs> disco like gospel right. northern soul kind of disco songs. They're so great. So yeah, um, I'm covered on the dudes for a while. Now I need to right. pick up some um, female right. Um, female gospel stuff but yeah um, that was that was my rabbit hole yesterday and i'm really excited to spend more time with them kind of handpick some of the best songs out of them so it's awesome nice <sighs> so that's work. that's it oh and i also picked up a seven inch i picked up uh you remember uh kill devil hills and serotonin yeah yeah yeah. So there, uh, this uh, I uh, so Andrew from Serotonin and I text each other a lot about records. So I just sent him a text, and I was like, "Look what I found." And he was like, "Oh man," he's like, "I hate the cover, but the songs are great." So <laughs> it was like a dollar or something. So I picked it up because just I, awesome. you know you can't you can't be you know nostalgic right nineties Nashville rock. So of course, perfect. I just remembered. Uh, I also got somewhere in there somewhere in the last couple weeks there was a. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I found is a repress, but uh, of Captain Beefheart's uh, "Safe as Milk." Oh, nice! Uh, which, if anyone is unfamiliar, is ridiculously awesome and yeah. uh, features Raccooter on guitar. Oh, I uh, know that very young Raccooter. Yeah, apparently he was like the Wrangler of Beefheart. <laughs> like. Kind of, kind of was like one of the only people at that moment, anyways, that could like, kind of decipher what, uh, Mr. Beefheart was saying, and like, nice. all right, let me try and get that into a song, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and into a form that everybody can understand, because it's much more, Safe as Milk is much more like psychedelic. Yeah, like, it's the one I like the most, and I know that's like everyone usually gravitates toward Trout Mass Replica, or whatever. But that that yeah. record's just. It's so heady. It's like I don't know. So, but right, it's a, lot. a rocker. You know what I mean? Yeah, so you can just yep. put it on and go. Um, this is like so. Sunday's records put it yep. out. I read up on this whole thing, and it's it was like sort of. It's one of those things. It's like depending on where you read about this, but they apparently sold it under the guise of like being remastered from the original like mono mix and it was supposed to be this mono thing but somebody somewhere along the way with like super hearing uh figured out that like part of it was like folded in from a stereo image into a mono mix and like it wasn't actually from the original thing but it was like you know, then there's all these other people complaining about the fact that, like, yeah, everybody was saying this was great until this one guy said it was a something, and now they all say it's terrible. Like, yeah, like what's wrong with you? <laughs> but it was like sixteen bucks, and there's no way you're finding any other copy of that thing or original for not a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, and I was great. like, you know what? I kind of thought about it for a minute, and I was like, yeah. Kind of like you, I think, with the band. Like, I have this thing on CD, and I've worn it completely out. And yeah. I'm like, 
I'm going to listen to this thing 150 million times. So, you know what? I'm not going to be able to tell that like they folded in the last 30 seconds of some song from a stereo mix, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah, like same. I'm okay with it. It's like um, sometimes going on the internet can ruin ruin good things, like the world. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but it sounds great. Um, I had I played it uh, when my when my jam Zigzag Wanderer comes on. It is still yeah. as as awesome and heavy and thumping as it yep. should be. So, good. Good. but that I say that because it's leading me down the the uh, Rakuter rabbit hole, which is very deep. <laughs> yeah, it's a deep one. I've got a lot of his stuff. I you know I find that like I had to stop buying it because I never listened to it. I know that sounds dumb, right. but I'm like I'm always like, yeah Rakuter, and then I I just. I don't. I haven't gotten around to listening to much of it. You know what I mean? So, so much. I know. So much. Do you know? Did you know about this thing with him and the Rolling Stones? Yes. Yeah, that's crazy. I didn't even know about that until I started reading up. Like, because I was like, I've had Rakuten records, but they've been like much later, like more recent stuff. And like, I had like Paris, Texas soundtrack and stuff like that, but like, I hadn't really gone to the beginning of his world and like started going through. Um, yeah, so the, that I Ed, read. the jamming with Edward record. Yeah, yeah, I have. I was that like, one. I was like, wow. I okay. just found it in the store one day, and I was like, wait, what? These are like yeah. all the Rolling Stone guys and Ride Cooters. This is weird. And when I yeah. posted it, I had like multiple people be like, I had no idea this existed. I have to go get a copy. So yeah, it's just yeah. one of those like snuck in. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Apparently, Keith Richards was unhappy about it, and I think sat off in the in the corner and was a little bit miffed, but. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably because Rock Hooter was like ridiculously good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I uh, I'm not a usual record store day. Uh, you know, I don't freak out about it. Um, right. And I'm not really freaking out about this one, except for that. Uh, I'm going to be in Cincinnati uh, for family Thanksgiving. And um, there's. Um, so I won't be able to be hit up any of my local stores around Nashville that I would usually go to, but, um, there's two great stores that I like visiting in Cincinnati, shake it. And then, um, plaid room, which plaid room is actually in Loveland, but, um, that's like Murfreesboro to Nashville. You know what I mean? So, um, so I'm really looking forward to going there. I made a short list of things that if I find, I may consider picking up depending on price, Right. Um, but um, but I, if I don't get them, here's the thing: like the stores have done a really good job of because, as we've talked about before, there's not much of a profit on the record store day stuff. I mean, because it's all brand new, so those margins are tight. Yeah. And stores have done such a great job of like holding back their used stuff, and then on record store day, they're like, boom, and you're like, wait. I only have so much money, you know what I mean? Right. Right. um, Oftentimes, if there's an overpriced record store day uh, thing, I will I will skirt it and um, and load up on the used stuff. But um, yeah, I'll kind of go through my list here, and we'll probably have duplicates if you have any. I don't know, but um, these are the only ones. These are the only few that I thought looked interesting. Yeah, Um, the Miles Davis. The in the silent way sessions early minor, which yep. I guess are maybe outtakes or different versions or something along those lines. And as I've stated before on this podcast, that in a silent way has sort of become my new favorite um, 
miles record in the last year. So I thought about picking that one up, flipping it around and seeing what that looked like. Yep. That's on my list. (laughs) Uh, The next one here is probably on your list too. The Herbie Hancock direct step. Absolutely. You know the story about that one too, right? Yeah. It was only released in Japan. Yeah. And it's like live to live to, uh, I guess it's live to whatever. <laughs> to yeah, they were cutting this. it. Like, yeah, cut they were it literally cutting it. it. Yeah, and like yeah. you had, no, there was no overdub. It's like yep. you knew before you went in. They were like, I think they were like the first ones to like do this, and they yep. were like, yeah, this is fine. That's cool with us because yep. we're improvising because we're awesome. thing anyways. Yep. <laughs> so and I guess it's never been released in the states, so I'm excited about that one. I, that that yeah. one I may just grab no matter what. Right. Um. Nick Lowe and Wilco's Cruel to be Kind. I guess it's like the 40th anniversary of Cruel to be Kind. So yep. there's a seven inch. And I've actually heard part of it. And uh, I don't know. I love Nick Lowe. So I, I, don't, yeah. I don't know that I'll, if that one's overpriced as a seven inch, I, I may wait and see if I can pick it up, you know, on sale later down the road. But yeah. the Wilco version is kind of fun. You know what I mean? It's just sure. Sounds like a bunch of, you know, dudes jamming. <laughs> dudes um, doing things. So Ben Tench is releasing a seven inch called Nervous from the Fall, which I think is a Joy Division cover, and it's mm-hmm. really, really depressing. Yeah. Um, but um, that's one that sounds kind of interesting. Um, file number seven thirty three UFO further investigation. Do you know anything about this? I. Yes, but now <laughs> I'm blanking. Okay. <laughs> it sounds like no, but. I do. So, I remember reading about it. There's a guy in Nashville who, uh, his name is Mike, and we've kind of gotten to know each other. I, I bought a Marantz from him and um, some records from him at the last store or the last record convention. Um, but um, he actually compiled the music for this. So it's a spoken word UFO album. It was a guy interviewing people that have been abducted by UFOs. So that's right. disc one. That's like the first record. Yeah. But it comes with a second record of music and it's like all this psych music and you can play them simultaneously so that it soundtracks the interviews which uh you know it's 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 um it's a sunday's release so regardless of the fact that that just sounds interesting i i'm i can only imagine how much work uh, mike put into it so i think that might be kind of cool to pick up and just kind of funny to have so i'll keep an eye out on that one and then the only other last one, and I'm, I'm just so always embarrassed to say it, but the Pearl Jam MTV Unplug. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I, you know, it's going to be dependent a lot on price, but. Right. Because um, it's only five songs? Yeah, it's only like, I think maybe like six or seven. I mean, it's not. Oh, right, because they put that. the whole thing on there. Right. Yeah, it's not even like that. <sighs> <laughs> It's stupid. <laughs> it's not stupid. You love the band. It's totally fine. Yeah, yeah, I know. But I'm just sort of like, I don't really need it. But I'll probably get right. it because, you know, it'll end up. I'll end up wanting it later. This is what it'll come down to is I'll be right. like, oh, I should have gotten it. And then I'll go look and it'll be like twice what it is. And I'm like, that was dumb. Of course, I should have so. just gotten it. So if I stumble on that one, I will probably I'll probably pick that one up just because I've been grabbing most everything they've been releasing uh in the last few years so right it'll be a fun trip down nostalgic lane so of course yep yeah i i literally have two records and they were your first two records <laughs> <laughs> um the miles and the herbie i mean that yeah, those, i mean the miles and the herbie like those are the first two i wrote down and i was like whoa 
I don't yeah. know that it's going to get much better than that. Yeah, I was like, I was like, wow, because they put out, I guess they put out those Miles records when they put out that really expanded version of In a Silent yes. Way. But uh, yes. that's the only other place you've been able to get them until now. They never, I don't think, have been on vinyl until now or whatever. But yeah, um, yeah that that and the Herbie thing. I mean, I, anybody that has listened to this knows that I've been on a Herbie Hancock like train for a little while so any of that stuff is going to be uh mighty fine um a few years ago there was a i always think like "Eh, i don't care it's just like jazz stuff but then a few years ago there was a they did a thelonious monk uh record store day and i can't remember the name of the the album now but um I'm really bummed I didn't get it. And like, right. It shot way up. It was one of the few things that year. It was about an April release. And it was one of the few things I think I would, I think that was one year I had a band playing and I just couldn't make it to in the yeah. lines to pick it up. And, and it went fast and they didn't make a lot of copies of it. And it's, it's pretty expensive. So I thought, yeah, that, that Herbie one's probably going to be worth picking yeah. up for sure. Well, the, the thing, I mean, this is my, I guess, second official, like, as a as an avid, full-on, record-collecting, full uh, record store day. So, like, the first one was in, whatever, April. It was last yep. April. But, uh, like, I waited and got, I guess off that first one, I got the Trout Mask Replica. No? Yeah. They put out Trout Mask Replica on Third Man. Yep. Um, I got that, but I got it after the fact for cheaper, which was crazy. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then I got a couple of fancy this, a couple of uh, Madonna singles. <laughs> yep. Um, that were like Japanese only, originally Japanese only pressings. Uh, again for cheaper, like something stupid cheap, because uh, somebody just had them. I'm sure somebody just bought them to flip them, but, um. There's always like at the 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 shop that I will probably go to is Bull City Records here in Durham. Um, I may go to Carolina Soul, but I don't know that they. I'm trying to think if they participate or not. Yeah, I don't I can't know. remember, but I know that Bull City does for sure. Um, they they have like you know they have the bins from like the the one prior um, still out, and like yep. I keep watching. There's like a Prince thing in there that I'm like. I keep like looking at it and I'm like, is I'm not gonna pay that for it ever. Yeah. But yeah. when it drops, <laughs> watch out. It. Um so I'm secretly hoping that would happen on Friday. Um but yeah, those I mean that Miles and that Herbie are my my dream boys. Yep. So Yep. I mean Yep. I mean it's all gonna kinda come down to like again what the what the bins are full of i mean you know right the, a couple of stores have just been really teasing that they've got a bunch of great used stuff coming out and i kind of believe right. them and right and i don't know i mean if it's tough you know if if you got if you only have a budget so you only have like 100 bucks or whatever it's like two right. record two record store day releases could almost you know eat that up so you gotta you yeah know, and there's gonna be other great stuff you know so it's like well right it's, and what do you i mean one. it is it's tough too because it's like you know somewhat like like we already said about these reissues it's like if you don't you know if you get them in store or whatever 
like there's a good chance a lot of that stuff is like between 30 and 40 bucks like no yeah. problem and you're yep. like oof you know yep. like it <laughs> it hurts <laughs> it hurts you're like you wow feels like, yeah. what happened like no, where, did, with where did the cheap record go <laughs> yeah <laughs> what yeah. happened yeah i uh i haven't stumbled on too many of them lately but um maybe that's why my my i'm in my gospel rabbit hole because i'm like cool right. five dollar gospel records these are right. great so, <laughs> right here i got seven of them yeah i'll just keep buying my weirdly obscure modern jazz quartet records for four dollars yeah, right you know that's like, right that's right everybody'll be like man that's such square jazz you're like yeah but it's cheap <laughs> square jazz i love that that's so great that's so great that's so great but um, uh, yeah i think yeah. that's i mean that's that's kind of where it's at like i think um you know, a lot of people go like super crazy and go through all the lists and all that stuff. This is kind of the first time I've ever really even made a note of what it would be. And probably yeah. just because I knew we were going to chat and be like, OK, well, I'll look and kind of go through it and see. But um, but yeah, I'm with you. A couple years ago, I couldn't make it. And there was a John Reese and Mets seven inch that I really yeah. wanted. And I was like, well, it's just a bummer. I'll miss it. But then. I was in the store a week later and it was, it was still there. You know what I mean? So right. I picked it up then. So, um, you know, it's, it's like I said, there are some things that, you know, are easy to miss out on, but you know, kind of is what it is. So it, yeah, if, if you miss out on it, you can always overpay for it. If you just absolutely have to have it, if not, like, I think a lot of these record store day things end up back in stores anyway. You know what I mean? So right. you just end up picking it up then. Yeah. And I mean, if you watch places, even like, I know, like, uh, was it Turntable Lab and places like that? They will, like, you know, months after the fact, will be like, hey, by the way, this is back in stock or whatever. Like, yep. I got I got five of them. Yep. <laughs> like, okay, cool. Yep. Like, maybe I'll get one now. Whatever. So you're not interested in the Lisa Loeb 12-inch uh, <laughs> single for Stay? <laughs> <laughs> that song came on the radio the other day, and I just I just chuckled. I don't know why that one gets me. It, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, I mean, it's you still you stay. I mean, you say still a singer, 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 songer. It's still an earworm. Let me put it that way. You say stay. <laughs> you say I talk so all the time. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> oh, let's man. talk about that for a second. Let's, let's talk about that for a second. Is that a good song? <laughs> Is Stay a good song? Okay. Uh, do you really want to know what I'm going to say on this? Absolutely. I'm asking this as an honest question because I want to know. <laughs> I think it's a good song in the context of the Reality Bites soundtrack. There we go. So, like, I yes. have a CD copy of that. And yep. I think it was like a stack of CDs I had or something. So I put it in. I was like, oh, this is kind of fun. And I listened it through, and I was like, yeah, this is exactly as fun as I remember. Like, it's not the most amazing thing, but, you know, there's all these great kind of, except for the, whatever, the Ethan Hawke song on there. You can skip oh, that one. Yeah. But, I mean, when it comes on, right in that, in that, uh, in, in, like I said, in the context of that, um, that soundtrack, it works. Like, you're like, oh, I'm glad this is here. Right. But if you were to go buy that album that that song is on, which I don't even <laughs> is that the Nine Stories or whatever I don't know, like sir, that he, is Lisa Loeb and Nine Stories. Yes. Then, <laughs> then, then maybe 
not so much. But right. she's actually, I was listening to a podcast she was on talking about this, and so I feel bad kind of even. She's actually doing a lot of, like, great, like, crisp, like children records and stuff, like all yeah, this yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. cool stuff. So, like, she's got, like, really great kind of, like, she's really stretched that one song out into a wonderful artistic life and i think that that's great so i can't i can't say anything other than that about it but it's also a song that if you put it on people are gonna probably like it it, i think it got played that much you know what i mean where you can't you can't can't throw it on in a sense of nostalgia and people be excited i guess they just be like oh yeah i remember that song (laughs) right i mean like i said like i chuckled when it came on like a like a playlist at work or whatever the other day because i was like because of that it was not like a man this is a terrible song yeah i'm gonna laugh at it out loud it was it was definitely a nostalgic like <laughs> this guy <laughs> it was that kind of I, laugh like i remember <laughs> look at that guy over there <laughs> but like i've always wondered like and, and i think that's a perfect answer in the context of the movie with which it got placed it's kind of yeah. like uh what's the Soul to Squeeze, the Red Hot Chili Peppers song. Yeah, Coneheads. Yeah, I would agree with you. That. Same yeah. thing. Is that a great yeah. song? Probably, eh, maybe. Is it the best and most representative Red Hot Chili Peppers song? Absolutely not. Is it a good song in in amongst all those other songs? And is an okay single? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We could we could qualify them for a best worst band, and that song's genius compared to some of the stuff they've done recently. So. <laughs> Yeah, I was about to say, you want to go for another hour, we'll just talk about it now. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. What happened? What yeah. happened there? Um, okay, I saw well, a live we'll, thing of them a little bit ago, by the way. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. It was terrible. Wow. Rough. Yeah, I mean, yeah, again, that'll have to be its own episode. Wow. Yeah, now i got a thing going in my head. It's very <laughs> it's dangerous. <laughs> Now, now I'm like stroking a beard I don't have. Like, wow, hmm. what's going on with the Red Hot Chili Peppers? That's right. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, um, we will uh, we'll wrap things up with this, I think, and then maybe uh, maybe we come back next week. We'll we'll uh, we'll be able to chat about uh, what we were able to find after Friday. Yeah. I'm sure we'll be blowing each other up text wise. I've already put the whole family on alert. Like, I won't be around, so I'm right. Uh, <laughs> I will yeah. be at stores. So right. uh you get me the whole first the whole Thursday and then uh then I'm I'm like a I'm like a I'm like a person waiting in Best Buy for a computer for two hundred dollars. <laughs> I'm out of there. I got my tent, I'm camping out, I got my tent, I got my YouTube, I got my camping stove. <laughs> I got my canned beans. I'm gonna get my Nintendo my, Switch now. <laughs> I got my Coleman <laughs> coffee thing, and uh, I'm gonna get that. I'm gonna get the Switch. I'm gonna get the microwave. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get the TV I'm and that Michael the... W. Smith record. Give it to me. <laughs> Give it to me now. I saw a Michael W. Smith CD today. Oh, change the world. They're always there. Yeah, they're always they're always smiling at you. That's right. Oh, All right, have you well, got anything uh, else that you're looking for? We haven't what, done for, this in a little bit, like putting thing out into the ether and hope hope uh, that it comes your way. Um, I mean, I'm sort of joking about this gospel rabbit hole I'm in, but I'm no. really actually very serious about it. So 
I am sort of on the lookout and I and keep keep an eye out in yours too because there's usually yeah. like a gospel section and it's usually oh, yeah. like you know not that uh flip through and right. um the uh you know the albums i'm looking for are pretty fortunately stereotypically kind of uh easy to identify there's usually uh um you know lots of dudes on the front wearing <laughs> nice suits and right you know yep um and they're they're let's just say they're they're not they're not like the gospel albums with the families, like the white families that are like right. kind of weird looking, like the, you know, the ones like you're like, oh, are they related? You know what I mean? Like, right. Um, so not those, but but like sure. anything on Nashboro and like HSE or uh, the gotcha. Black Label or Peacock, especially yep. like I've completely just gone into this whole like research thing. And <laughs> so I think that I'm going to definitely be scanning um scanning for those there but um yeah because that's just kind of what i'm into right now i'm trying to think of like if there was like one like out like i think that shake it i i i don't want to like i think shake it's got a bunch of great 90s indie stuff that they haven't put out yet and so i'm trying not to get too excited about that in case it's not there but um but i'm hoping to find i always find great seven inches in cincinnati like I found the um, Sebado Ocean 7-inch, and I found mm. uh, Juliana Hatfield 3's um, sister, yep. uh, or my sister, and, like, I just always find these great little one-off, like, Teenage Fan Club, like, stuff like that whenever I'm yep. there, so I, I'm hoping they're sitting on, like, a big batch of cool uh, cool 90s stuff, and um, nice. I, will, I will gobble it up. How about you? Um, well, the Raccooter thing is definitely a thing, but that is plentiful in these parts for sure. Like there's like 8 million of his records. Um, I'm kind of also like wanting to veer into like harder into Zappa territory. Um, there you go. Yeah. So like, I really want to get like some more mother's invention stuff, probably wearing it for the money and, uh, freak out. Do you, do you, yeah, I was going to say, do you have freak out? Cause I don't have freak out. Freak out's the one that, yeah, that one, and um, and I know it's not mothers, but um, that and hot rats. Yes, are, hot whenever rats. I see them, they're always so priced out of my range, and I'm like, I know, oh, can't get it. But that's the thing is, like, I I saw a there was a copy of Freak Out at Bull City not too terribly long ago, and it was like not crazy priced, but it was also like not a great looking copy. Like it looked like yeah. one of those copies that's like a very hit or miss, like. Yeah. yeah, that could be like poppy and scratchy yeah. as all get out, or it could be fun. <laughs> and I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to risk that because I feel like I could find this at some point. Yeah. So those are probably my two. Like, I mean, also hot. I have I have Hot Rats on CD, and they're about to, or they just dropped like a new the Zappa Family World. Just put a reissue of that thing out. Um, on some like crazy pink vinyl or something that's oh, really cool, but I kind of like to have the old school guy. Yeah, so. one of the best album covers of all time. Yeah, it's so good. It's like you can't help but just stare at it. I know. It's so <laughs> like, great. So what? Great. So great. So great. So great. Yeah. Speaking of hot rats, there is a. Do you know about the hot rats? No. So oh, go on, uh, you go on Spotify or Apple or Apple, wherever. Go and Google the Hot Rats. It's two guys from Supergrass. Okay, mm-hmm. they have a cover band called the Hot Rats, which is named after Zappa's Hot Rats album. 
Yep. And it's all these great covers. Like they do a sounds like the Who, like mod era Who doing um and they do Beastie Boys Fight for Your Right to Party. It's so cool. <laughs> um they've got Gang of Four, Television, oh, wow. um, all these great songs in there. It's just called Hot Rats, it's called Turn Ons. It's the only album they ever did. It came out in two thousand ten, I think. I just no. stumbled on this. And um totally great i think you'll love it like uh, nice. give it a spin it's it's a fun it's a fun listen from beginning to end but the the beastie boys cover is just great so done <laughs> done and done sir all right um okay cool well uh i guess we will catch up um maybe the weekend after thanksgiving and yeah. uh and catch up on what we got yeah man all right buddy talk to you soon all right happy thanksgiving you too bye yep bye